I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It with Emma and Claire, where we go to the bash ball field and beyond to find just the perfect strains of masculinity to accompany your commute this week. Yeah, this week was just bursting with rippling muscular aggression, but also, to be fair, some refreshingly non-toxic notes of manhood as well. We're talking some good cuddling. We're talking emotional vulnerability. We're talking tears shared in brotherhood. You just you love to see it. It's so good. And that's just the beginning. So much happened this week. We're going to discuss all the masculine courting behaviors on display and so much more with our guests who are new to the pod, but probably not new to many of you, Victoria Price and Michaela Bartholomew of the Black Charlotte's podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. So happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Yes. Oh, we are so happy that this worked out and that you guys were able to join us. And I think that there is going to be uh potentially too much for us for us to discuss because this like they just burned through plot in this episode this was very mm-hmm. this was a thick episode and it I was, was just a like thick episode I was like I don't know if I should be reading into how much content they're giving us right now I don't know if it means something I don't know if I'm a conspiracy theorist <laughs> mm-hmm. but I should not have 10 pages of notes right now yeah they're like appeasing us so that yeah. they can, you know, fuck us over and stop before a rose ceremony for right. the next like five episodes. Like we exactly. be punished for enjoying this much uh, continuity. Exactly. I think we're we're in like the mid season rich zone where it's like when you're in your thirties and you get wrinkles and acne at the same time. Like mm-hmm. right now, we are getting drama and romance at the same time. We're in that overlap zone, and I do think the plot might start to thin out a little bit soon. Although that preview at the end of this episode was terrifying so who knows (laughs) there there was absolutely so much that happened yeah all at once out of control let's dive in let's do it we open on some peaceful scenes in the house set to beautiful guitar plucking um one guy is walking on another guy's back to crack it greg is cradling and stroking connor's head like it's a, a little puppy Mm-hmm. Um, it's just beautiful. Everyone is relishing the calm. They're relishing the knowledge that every guy is here for Katie and the drama is behind them. They don't know that Blake is here. So mm-hmm. cut to Blake looking very pensive. He's like, the guys aren't going to be happy about me and my chin beard showing His up chin at this beard point. R- remains very prominent, very <laughs> distracting. And Always. continually just lined up with such precision. <laughs> precision. I'm like, oh, yes. I- 
What, yeah. what kind of razor are we using? Are we shaving it every morning? Yeah. What's happening? Drop the routine, Blake. Like, we need that. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah, nothing women else are to expected do. to share their beauty routines. Exactly. So. Precisely. Like, what kind of we beard deserve. oil and comb mm. do you use, sir? And were you combing through your beard as you were waiting to be told by production that you could go into the room <laughs> with the guys? Exactly. Mm. How do you get this effect? Can my husband get it? If so, how can I prevent him from ever finding out that this is possible? A lot right. of questions. <laughs> yes. Um, so meanwhile, Katie and Caitlin are having a real heart to heart because, of course, Caitlin had Nick Vile come onto her season halfway mm-hmm. through and it threw the whole house into disarray. Mm-hmm. And Katie pretends not to know this. She's like, so when you brought Nick in, were the guys mad at you? And Caitlin's like, yeah. And Katie's like, oh, shoot. And Caitlin's like, it really affected the guys I bonded with closely. That's really going to hurt the guys that you're developing relationships with. But actually, all of them. It's going to be affecting your relationship with all of them. And it's so a great it's a pep really... talk. A really, yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're fucked. It's yeah. Truly, so, everything's about to be on fire. But you should know that already because you've, <laughs> liter- you've been on this show for a year, Katie. It's been nearly a year. <laughs> you were not happy when those women walked into Matt James this no. season. And you were not ready for your time to be taken away. But it's okay. I'll go with the, the acting like, what? They'll be upset? <laughs> we need yes, on our- some suspension of disbelief. It's just a strong narrative tool you know, yes. employed by this show. I, it already didn't work for me when I saw the walking and the sweaters and the heels in the morning. I said, who's doing that? Not I. <laughs> we, keep, we keep talking about this. We were like, put this woman in some sneakers. Let her live. Exactly. Let her be a human being. Let her wear her, you know, Converse or her Air Force Ones if she has them. Let her be in sweatpants if it's first yeah. thing in the morning with like a little messy bun situation. They gave us like a little taste of that humanity, I think, in the last season of The Bachelor. Um, but they won't give it to Katie. She has to be in this weird stasis of casual Friday meets I'm going out with the girls at all times. Mm-hmm. It's a day to night lot of times. Yes, um, yes, yes. At 8 a.m. puts it on at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. They're promenading. Like, we're really going back to, like, mm. high society 18th mm-hmm. century here. Yes. They're out for a promenade. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so back at the house, the guys are all assembled and in walks Tasha, not the hot, sexy lady they were hoping to see at this exact moment. And Tasha says, I think it's safe to say that if you're here, Katie knows your intentions are genuine and she wants to explore your potential. But this is Katie's journey. And that journey is about to change. A man reached out to me, a man that I know, a man that I trust, a man that I know has good intentions. And he asked me if he could have the chance to join all of you in the quest for Katie's heart. Yada, yada. Katie said, yes, that man will be here soon. And then Tasha just kind of leaves. She She's just like, leaves Bye. before they could, can react at all. I loved it. She was like, I've said what I've said. She just sidles out. She was like, I'm going to hit my mark. I'm going to say my lines. I'm not going to give you very much emotion. I want you to know that I'm keeping it very, I'm this keeping cold it cold read. Cold read. You guys are just going to have to like get with the times. And then I'm getting the heck out of here because I don't want to hang out with you. all. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> She's not here to stick around for the fallout. And the guys immediately are like, oh, my God, it must be someone from Tasia's season. Can't believe Katie's doing this to us. When in walks Blake Moynes looking, I want to say extra burly, like top burly factor from Blake today. I would Mm. agree. I also love that Aaron immediately is like, 
Blake. And I was like, Aaron, I see you. You did your research. You <laughs> yes. watched previous seasons of this show. Well done. Good for Aaron is here for the drama at all times. <laughs> yeah, really at is. all times. He is ready to hop on some drama and have something to say. I've I never, honestly love it because it's hilarious. Yeah, I've never heard anyone hit a K so hard. Um, <laughs> I was just like, wow. you like, not only did you do your research, but you prepared your diction for this day. Like, you you did a little vocal warm up this morning. You knew <laughs> you were going to get mirror. screen time if you said it like that. Yeah, he Go was like, ahead. what's the way that will get me the best airtime? If I say it this way, he's giving himself pep talks in the mirror about when Blake walks in. Because he knew he would be there because he knew he was drama and they were going to keep him around. So, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, or like, or was he practicing everyone's name? Dale, you know? <laughs> or, Imagine if it was Dale. My Yo, God. Seth. Yeah. You doesn't, it doesn't work on? quite as well, well with the Dale. I will it doesn't that. work. Dale. No. It doesn't work. Dale rhymes with right. Dale. The, no. Yeah. The L's not, it's not as good. <laughs> I personally loved that Blake came in and his tactic is just to like always immediately apologize, like mm-hmm. cut them he's off. Like, oh, before sorry, eh? he's like, sorry, guys, <laughs> sorry to be here, guys. I know, I know your pain. I'm one of you. You don't want to fucking see me. I get it. I get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it, how buds. he dropped that like that f bomb in there because like I want you to know I I get how yeah. fucking pissed you guys are. You know yeah. I'm relatable. I'm using the f word, man. I get it. <laughs> It's not my fault. I would have been here earlier if the producers had let me out of my room sooner. Right. But right. Um, like, why he was kept in there for like five. Well, and that's days. even when for a while he talks to Katie. Right. He talked to Katie like five days ago. Yes. But then Michael says, "Why are you coming halfway through?" And Blake gives this answer. It's like she was hesitant. She wanted to be respectful. And I'm like, no. Michael's asking why you didn't come at the beginning. And I think the actual answer is. Production yeah, wanted exactly. a mid mid season bomb, but he can't say that. Exactly. So precisely, he's doing a little a little white lie here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Courtney's like, well, we just had a guy in here with the wrong intentions, so you can understand our concern. And Blake is mm-hmm. like, yes. Is this the third Bachelorette I'm dating in a calendar year? Yes, absolutely. Sure, I get it. But were any of them exactly like Katie? Before this one, I'm going to say no. This is the first one who is exactly like Katie, and you have to respect that. I do agree there, especially because I know we just came off of a week of everyone talking about being in certain spaces for the right reasons and never thinking about being The Bachelor before. But I'm also thinking about the fact that some of these guys have been cast or like in The Bachelor roundup of B-teams for a minute since Mm -hmm. (laughs) pre-COVID. And so yeah, they're like, like, I oh, would yeah. never have been on for Claire. Like, that's yeah. not something. It's I've like, ever girl, considered. you were cast for Claire's season. Why you, <laughs> right. sh- you shouldn't be the one talking right now, sir. Mm-hmm. You're upset because he got to go on Claire's season and you did not. <laughs> the weird thing is that Blake was like pretty aggressive about Claire. And that is, I think, making his turn here a little bit harder, just like it made his turn with Tasha yes. tricky. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say pulls it off better this time around. I would agree. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's a lot stronger because I don't know. I'm I am willing to bet that he wasn't actually that interested in Tasha, um, but wanted to stick around and was like, <laughs> "Oh, maybe I can get over my feelings and it'll be a good like story arc and stuff." Um, but him being so like head over heels, just falling for Claire, um, I think there's enough space between those two because I don't think anyone was ever really checking for Blake and Tasha. I agree. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Didn't so, see that for them. He's doing mm-hmm. a lot better, I think, so far here. Yeah. Uh, I think because and... he's doing a lot less. 
Like he was just really intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with Claire, Claire he was season. constantly like, "Hey, girl, remember that DM I sent you? Wasn't yeah, that really nice of me. Like, so do you want to like, give me I something? Bought, for that? I bought a book about Alzheimer's. I researched right. you. Like it was <laughs> no. too much. It was absolutely it was too much. Yeah, You're right. Wow, I've repressed all of those memories. Wow, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. good. It's better after a season ends to just allow it all to leave your mind, wash yes. away, and of course, of course, the dudes are pissed. So. Mm-hmm. Blake, we know Blake is going to get this one on one. And that's when the date card does arrive. Um, yeah, Jesus. Greg brings it in. I love Greg's demeanor during this. He's like really doing a lot of uh, low comedic work here. Yes. Um, and he opens the card and well, 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 Blake, let's make up for lost time. Love, Katie. The silence in this moment is thick with I was going to say repressed angst and and anger hormones. And Blake is like, all right, so here we are. This is obviously best case scenario for me. Do you think I'm the most deserving? Probably not. And then Aaron says, well, I'm not happy, but you wouldn't expect me to be happy. So it is what it is. And that's like kind of it. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, they were all extremely well behaved about this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They yes. took it like chance, which <laughs> it was very different from Heather showing up on Matt James season. Oh, yeah. Very, very different. different vibes. I also wondered if it kind of helped that Tasha set the scene by vouching mm. for him. Right. Mm. Sure. That's a great. Yeah, that's a great point. Because yeah. We never got that. No, she just pulled up in a minivan and strolled by, said, wave, gave yeah. a little wave. And then oh, Chris Harrison wasn't out here being my, my best girl. Heather right. is coming yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, OK, yeah. The, I, I, I wonder now if Tasha setting the scene and like giving that vouch ahead of time was like, oh, OK, she's spoken on it. And if any of us act a fool. It's right. not going to look good for us. We right. just right. got rid of Thomas. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. breathe. <laughs> right. Let's take a chill pill. Greg was giving us all of his Meisner yeah. technique from the Esper studio. And let's be good yeah. for like three minutes because and this is what in, makes the most sense. And they were in such like a good place when this happened. I remember the, the mm-hmm. house on Matt James' season was like an emotional wreck at the point that Heather walked in. And the guys are like, all right, like this is obviously shaking our equanimity a little bit, but... Mm-hmm. Here we are. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Blake, in his little in the moment, is just like, well, they're upset, but I'm here for Katie, so time for the date. Mm-hmm. This is when Katie actually does get to wear sneakers, which I'm excited about. She comes in, in sneakers yes. and skinny jeans way mm-hmm. better than if they just, like, pasted some heels to her feet. Loved yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And Katie sits down and asks how they're doing. And there's silence. And she says, oh, boy. (laughs) And there are some chuckles. I thought her vibe during this scene was very funny. Like, she gets a very Mm -hmm. kind of, like, teachery or mom vibe that's, like, I'm pragmatic. I'm taking care of the situation. But in a good good humor, but, like, a little bit tired. Mm -hmm. She she does a good job of kind of striking the balance of being, like, I made the decision I made. Y'all have to deal with it. But also being, Mm -hmm. like, I hear you. Let's open the floor. Children. Share your mm-hmm. feelings. Express yeah. yourselves. I will take that in. But know the outcome will not be different. 
<laughs> yes. It's like and when I, my yes. toddler is having a tantrum and I'm just sitting on the floor next to him stroking his back and being like, I know, sweetie. Oh, I know. It's so hard. You want the toy, but toy time is over. It's very <laughs> difficult. All right. Yes. Let's go read Precisely. Book. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> that energy. Like that energy is giving us precisely the op. And I wonder if it's intentional, the opposite of what Matt James had the capacity to give his season, where it was like, we're not really going to talk through this. I'm not really going to be able to check in with you guys because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I'm just following the rules. I'm going where they tell me. They told me to hit my mark there. And I'm sorry, but the night is over. Um, whereas Katie's like, no, like, I want to hear from everyone. What are your feelings? How are you doing? I want you to know that, like, I, I get it. This is a weird situation, which I think brings us back to the notion of how helpful it is to have someone, a season lead, actually have experience on the show before. Yes. Because there is that level of relatability where it's like, I see you. I know this is a mess. Um, and Katie, I think, is turning it up even more, which I, I think is actually mm-hmm. kind of helpful and mm-hmm. gives me a chuckle every now and then. <laughs> mm-hmm. totally Definitely. Agree. Matt tried, but he just didn't really have that. He just didn't know didn't. things. He didn't yeah. know. <laughs> he didn't know what he was. He, he didn't know what he was in for. So <laughs> it's time for the date. Blake and Katie will be riding horses. And what mm-hmm. do you know? Blake is afraid of horses and has been since childhood. A Who whole, a whole wildlife like adventure explorer who right. was afraid of horses. I was that like, he's literally works with animals all the time. I'm like, you probably like cradle snakes, yet horses. Like, how do you avoid horses if you're around animals that much? Like, they're not an uncommon animal in right. animal-centric spaces. He's yeah. like, a horse? Oh, God. I was like, a cougar, sure. <laughs> a cougar, sure. But I have to, a horse? Oh, my goodness. Nay? Mm-hmm. No, thank you. I would just love for a horseback riding date one time for the person to be like, oh, perfect. I love horseback riding. I right, used yes. to do I used to do uh, steeplechase. Um, and they talk about travel as they ride. And as Katie mm-hmm. gives him riding tips, such as kick the horse to go faster. Mm-hmm. She's been to Ireland and Taiwan. And Blake says, have you been? To Africa. The the entire continent. The enti- he, just, he loves the entire, always, all of Africa. It's always he loves just the whole Africa. continent. Just I was like, Blake, you do know Africa is not one country, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're yeah. really giving me some I'm weird concerned vibes if he here. knows if he knows what country he was in. Or if yeah. he just right. he knew like, that he was know. in Africa. He's like, yeah. I, I was told I, I was in Africa, so I just that's all I. He, that's he all goes the to the airport looking for you, looking for wherever he's from to Africa. <laughs> yeah, oh just like somewhere in there, I know <laughs> there will be wildlife. Yeah, right, he says he goes there for a month at a time for work. I was like, okay, so you like live there for part of the year, but you like can't tell us like what what country, country you were. He's in? amongst yes. the animals. Animals don't know national boundaries yes. or cities. Mm. right that's what they're it just is they're yeah. not yeah. vast mm-hmm. continents like, undistinguished they're like what even is a nation state mm-hmm. exactly yes. he's like oh well you know I'm off the grid when I go there because they don't have Wi-Fi. they don't have the internet oh, like God. I can't possibly and it was funny because like, I was hashtag sitting has Blake landed yet <laughs> has Blake right. landed yet I was sitting with my friend who is from Africa <laughs> um, and so the moment she heard him say that like her face kind of turned to the screen and there was a very pleasant grimace on her face, like just Africa, just 
have you mm-hmm. been to Africa? Nowhere specific, nowhere, like, does he, has he been to Africa? And I was like, girl, I don't know. I have no idea. He basically no lives idea. there. I mean. Right. He's a dual right. citizen. It's disappointing. I mean, <laughs> he's like, it's a, it's a passion of mine. I love the wildlife. It seems like he is a wildlife manager, which means kind of like watching habitats to make sure that they have the right balance of wildlife. And also he volunteers, mm-hmm. like kind of, trying to raise awareness about endangered species. I don't know which aspect of his work these trips are part of, but you would you would think that there would be some more specific information that he gleaned during all of these many trips. But Katie's just like, this is great. Like, you can do your own thing. You're independent. You love animals. That's great. And Blake is like, yeah. And he gestures at the landscape. And he's like, I have such an appreciation for this. This Again, stuff here. not a man of specifics. He's no. like all of no this. I really enjoy um that it's this great having fun so much <laughs> with you. And it's I mean the landscape is beautiful. They're passing these like gorgeous red rock formations. Mm. They're riding on horses. Like it's honestly kind of a perfect date. And they're really hitting it off as much as I have some questions. Um, maybe some other people have some more follow-up questions for Blake about some of these comments. He and Katie are really vibing. The chemistry mm-hmm. is very much there. And to me, it felt it felt kind of like a natural first date. Like a lot of mm-hmm. back and forth, a lot of questions. Again, maybe not like the banter might have not been to our personal tastes. But it was definitely there. They were definitely flowing in a way that... Um, felt easy and and they both kind of indicate that I just think like right off the bat it's pretty obvious that Blake is a far better match for Katie than he was with either Claire or Tasha. that is 100%. true it's I think it's super evident and I was actually curious if maybe Katie I I know that like the level of power that you have going into your season lead is is very low but if she was like yo would love to have Blake on my season um, because the chemistry is just so natural. And I wonder if there was like not necessarily communication before, but an interest in Blake, you know, once she mm-hmm. knew she had the opportunity to be um, the lead because watching them kind of riff off of each other, the sexual attraction, the physical attraction, there seems like there's this mental connection that I think I'm missing, but it's there for them. And that's all that matters. Um, it just made me really <laughs> curious about like how badly Katie really wanted him on this season. That's interesting. Cause uh, I do wonder, it's never occurred to me if the producers would ever be like, well, we'd love for someone to come in from a previous season. Maybe we should like assess their interest in who might be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just right. yeah, they could have just like asked her yeah. casually if there was yeah. anything. Right. Exactly. She Is she there did anybody? say yeah. she said on Nick Vile's podcast that um if it had been anyone other than Blake or Doctor Joe, she probably would have like sent them home on the spot. Doctor Joe, I precious. know. I wish that I hadn't heard that because now all I can think about is seeing more of Dr. Joe. Dr. Joe, for sure. I think he's on Paradise. So Okay. Well, something to look forward to. Love that for him. (laughs) So they they make out. uh, She's like, oh, you're a good kisser, too. He's like devouring her Mm -hmm. face. And they tumble around in some hay that's there kissing. Her hair is just full of bits of hay. Um, as a very uh, clear visual signal that they are getting super intimate here. Mm -hmm. 
And intercut with this is back at the house, Greg and Connor B. They've stopped cuddling for a little bit to talk about Blake. And they think he's a big contender. They're verbally cuddling each other. They're verbally cuddling. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I love it. I love their love. Me too. Um, Connor B is like, he is her type. And Greg agrees. He thinks that they, that Katie will be drawn to Blake. This is just such a funny conversation to me because Connor B and Greg are both so different from Blake and they are like front runners. Mm -hmm. And, and yet they're, they don't have that thing that often the front runners have in a situation like this where they're, where they're like, how could she like him? He's nothing like me. Instead, they're like, yeah, she's going to be into this guy too. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I, Which yeah, I that like. is very interesting. I kind of like. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I, I also it. like that they're that they have their their romance connection, and that they're not like get away from me because you're trying to get my girl. Like they both know that they have strong connections, and they're like, whatever happens, like good for you, bro. So yeah, I like it's that. It's beautiful. It is. They're they're nice soft boys. They are, they are nice soft <laughs> kitty cats. Mm-hmm. And um and at this point we get. A trigger warning for sort of the evening portion of the date with Blake that the following segment will contain discussions of sexual assault. This is also a trigger warning for us, although we're going to keep it pretty light because it was already discussed in a previous episode. Um, But I do want to say that it's it was heartening to me to see that the show seemed to have responded to audience feedback on this, like people had mm-hmm. spoken up when there wasn't a trigger warning in the last episode. And I'm glad that they made this real easy and impactful change mm-hmm. for this one. That's I didn't actually know that. That's that's good. I didn't know because I watched uh, I had recorded it. So I was just like fast forwarding through the commercial break. So yeah. that's really good that they did that. And I think what was so interesting is it's the power of audience feedback that kind of reminds us like we when we say something like they can do something pretty quickly, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's getting enough traction. It's as simple as they're like, you know what? We're going to have to do a cut in on this edit. It might not even get a three second spot on the scene, um, but we're, we have to have it because the demographic that we're trying to skew this season towards needs it. Um, and I, I thought that I was like, oh, wow, like people forget how often the the power of a demographic can like shift things. Um, and so it was really heartening to see they made that shift in a week's time when folks were like, hey girl, um, <laughs> wasn't ready. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was like so easy for them to just add it. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And so they sit down for their dinner date. They're both giddy from the, the day date. And she's like, oh, I can't stop smiling. He's like, I can't stop smiling. It's a good thing. And she's like, well, we're the same. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. And I'm like, oh, you think it's good, Katie. Like, don't <laughs> lie to yourself. You're so happy right now. Mm-hmm. And Blake then asks her what's made her so open and sex positive and so vocal about it. He says a lot of people just see the surface level humor part and there's so much more to sex positivity. This little speech honestly felt kind of producer created to me like they were like Blake wasn't here for this part of the season he's a big contender Mm -hmm. he he should have this reveal as well or something like that because I was like what what do you mean you're just going to open with like I know that sex positivity is actually quite serious say more about where a specific incident that that came from 
Exactly. Mm -hmm. It was a very structured and baited question is what I had written down in my notes. Um, And so I I wonder, like, I do believe there was a lot of producer prep going into this. And then my other question, in addition to, to yours was, oh, or did they want to, like, give Katie or did Katie even herself want more time to actually kind of say like how she shifted right because we we got like a nice we we got a, a heavy hitter when she first um revealed that this situation but it was still the aftermath of the rest of the, that other group date it wasn't one-on-one it wasn't uh personal it didn't really give her the opportunity to like sit in the fullness of her story and allow the audience to take in the fullness of her story so i wonder if they wanted to give her an opportunity specifically on a strong one-on-one to kind of lay lay it out. Maya, I had the same thought um, because we do know that like from interviews that Katie has given that this is something that she like went in knowing she wanted to discuss and that she felt that at least like um, that first disclosure was very much on her terms. Um, Mm -hmm. So that definitely made me feel a little bit better because it's always sort of a balance, I think, when the show taps into these traumas where you're like, how much is this something that the individual has really thought about and really wants to share and really wants to, to use their platform to discuss and how much of this is the show like exploiting that trauma and, you know, trying to get a storyline out of it or trying to get a headline out of it. And it's like hard to kind of parse that sometimes. So I hope, Mm -hmm. I hope for this that Katie wanted to discuss this again and wanted to you know talk about um more explicitly how the fallout from her assault and her like healing process kind of led her to her attitudes about sex now um one thing that she does say that i thought was especially important is that she specifically said that the me too movement kind of allowed her to get some power back Um, And I thought that it was really interesting to hear her in the context of her own disclosure and storytelling um, kind of name check a movement that was fundamentally built on survivor storytelling. And Mm -hmm. we've now had, you know, obviously Me Too was fairly recent, but it's 2021. Mm -hmm. It began in, in 2017. So I feel like we now finally have enough space where we are seeing young people who kind of came of age to an extent during that reckoning and we're seeing the impact of that. And I thought that that was really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. think what that was a real Testament of one, them not trying to kind of erase the, albeit you know political nature like the personal is the political right our bodies have been so politicized in this nation that no matter what certain movements are going to affect and change us and shift us all but I appreciate that they did not edit that out and allowed it Mm -hmm. to like stand true to like this is this is how this movement affected me this is how it changed my life it gave me the opportunity to own my experience and and take away like take away blame that I'd put on myself for so long and so many people I feel I just know that I really resonated with it personally I I can't speak for everyone else but I was like wow yeah the actually the me too movement did that for me too mm-hmm. yeah um so it was really it was really nice to see and kind of hear that without it the producer based or not um not 
feel like she was forcing anything. She was just like, this is this is what it is for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem like two things that she kind of maybe got out of having a second crack at this on a one-on-one is to kind of emphasize that, like the positive movement that that gave her more comfort and confidence and empowerment around sex again. And also then the opportunity to have like a guy in a, in a one-on-one setting with her respond to that. Um, Mm -hmm. And let me, let me, uh, let me uh, read Blake's response and we can talk about what we think of it. He says like, he's really sorry to hear that no one deserves to go through it and that he has a new appreciation for her and who she is. And then he says, I know how hard it is to talk about, and I hope you know, regardless of what you've been through, I'll always be very mindful of that topic. And just because I'm very open and sex positive, I never want you to feel scared of me in any form like that. Um, so this is like a very well-meaning and like sweet response in many ways also i just i just was like wow he really is ending on like i hope that you're not sexually afraid of me just fyi Mm -hmm. you don't have to be sexually afraid of me i was Mm -hmm. like oh god like we're still at that point as a society aren't we like you just Mm kind of have to say that i don't know Mm -hmm. We just finished rolling in the hay for a few hours. And yeah. I just want you to know that, like, I don't, you know, I know I'm a big, burly man. And to, to Blake's point, I do think he was sexualized in a pretty aggressive manner on Claire Tatia's mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I, I do think it was incredibly well-meaning. I had trouble with his response. Mm. Um I, yeah, I had trouble with his response because, and it might just be where we are in 2021, where someone's like, I have to find the right things to respond to this person, you know, expelling and, and sharing with me a really traumatic event that changed them fundamentally as a person. So not only do I need to respond and be like, I'm sorry that happened to you, but also... I want you to know, like, that's not, I, I won't do that. And I will always ask for consent. And it just, it, it's, it's heartening to see. Um, it was just kind of hard for me to listen to. Cause I was like, I mean, yeah, that, that would be the hope I, that I'm not sexually. <laughs> right. It just seems right. like yeah, if I right. were, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. I don't think like... he, just, he just didn't need to say that. He just needed yeah. to like hold this his space for her, respect what she disclosed to him. And then just let her know that he hears her as opposed to being like, but don't be scared of me. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm like, good, I'm good. I'm one of the I'm good, good one. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, yeah. It just felt like, but we can still, but we can still, right? Because you're not scared of me, right? <laughs> like, that's, like, kind of what it felt like. And I'm like, okay, now it's, like, the moment is gone. Like, I, I'm, now I'm upset. Let's move on. Here's your rose. Yeah, it's yeah. like he, start, he started strong. I was like, great. You said, I'm sorry to hear you say that. I hear you. No one deserves mm-hmm. that. I appreciate you. I'm like, you could have just yeah, ended right there and left space. But I, yes. I also, like, understand the human impulse to be like, I want to say the most. I want to... I want you to know that I really I really understand every aspect of this. Mm-hmm. And let me like reassure you. And in a sense, it's like he's also reassuring him himself in that moment mm-hmm. that like yeah. I, I get it. Um, yeah. And that's, again, a human impulse, if not uh, not always yeah. the best or most necessary one. 
I would say what's weird about this is that this is obviously just humans and humans don't know how to react to statements like this. It's hard. Or like when on the show when they're like, oh, my brother died of an overdose or something. Oh, it's so hard. How do you respond to that? But you're also like, because you're on the show, like modeling how to respond to that sort of thing to a huge Mm. audience. And Mm. so there's a part of you that wants to be like, do the perfect response so that people know what to say. Sure. And it's tough. But I I do feel like I would almost rather hear something like, you know, I'll I'll always be here to like talk to you about this and be open mm-hmm. with each other about this yeah. stuff, and uh, rather than like I won't do it though, um, right? Or like I understand that this is an ongoing healing process. Like mm-hmm. if there ever comes a time when like some I don't know, like it just yeah. felt like it just jumped automatically to like, but don't be scared of me because we're gonna have sex and I want to have sex with you, so don't be scared. <laughs> like that's yeah. like what it felt exactly. like. Exactly. There's and I think there's just always going to be a certain level of performative, you know acting on on this show just because you you want first of all the person that you're pursuing to receive you well um you want secondly the producers to also receive you well and then you also want us the audience to receive you well you know nobody goes into this thinking that they're going to get a bad edit so they want to appease every single audience that they have access to um and so I think that might be a little bit of what happened here was just like oh I want to say the thing that Katie needs to hear production needs to hear and the audience (laughs) needs to hear yeah (laughs) I I think think that's exactly it it's like it's hard Mm -hmm. for that you can't erase the awareness that these people have that whatever they say is going to be broadcast and I think sometimes Mm -hmm. that almost has the opposite effect that they would hope it would where it's like Mm -hmm. the it becomes less natural and I mean Mm -hmm. I'm sure I would like bungle something if I was in in that position too um Mm -hmm. just yet another reason on my laundry list that I would (laughs) not be cast and never choose to go on this show but they would love to cast you for that reason but you're you're Mm -hmm. too smart to let that happen so she offers him the rose. Uh, Blake says, she gave me more than a rose. She gave me trust and honesty. They're both mm-hmm. feeling really good. And there is one more surprise, a private concert with country singer and American Idol winner, Lane Hardy, who I've never heard of before. Apparently no. he is 20. And Wow. Yeah. Whose okay. season of American he Idol was, did he win? He was born in 2000. I'm no. not okay, you guys. no. And the That's... song is called Memorize You, which Katie describes as the perfect song to dance to with Blake. There's, It's always just one perfect song. That's how these concerts go. Mm-hmm. And they make out. And Katie says, I could see myself walking away with him at the end of this. There, I said it. And it's the truth. I feel that she has said this a few times. <laughs> yeah. And she always mm-hmm. says it like it's this huge admission. She's like, I, you know what? I, like I really everyone. like this guy. There, I said it. Like, yeah. I just said it. I was like, <laughs> Sorry. It gives me very much Saturday Night Live, you know, if they are doing a parody and it's like, oh my goodness, like it came out of my mouth. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't take it back. I've said it. And it's just like, (laughs) relax. You've said it 17 times. And it's also like, Katie, you wear all of your emotions on your face. So, like, we know when (laughs) you like someone and we know when you don't. So, you don't don't need to tell us because we can see it. Yeah. But it's, listen, it's appreciated. It's appreciated. Thank mm-hmm. you, Katie, for sharing. <laughs> and the group date card arrives uh, during this date, and the group date goes to Greg, Courtney, Aaron, Mike P, Michael A, Andrew M, Josh, Justin, Brendan, James, Connor B, Trey, and Hunter. Love is a battlefield. Heart, Katie. Thirteen guys. This is the week I think with like 
the mega group date because we're down to mm-hmm. one group date and everyone gets a date. Katie is excited. She's ready to move past the drama and into some just bone shattering body blows. And she greets the guys on a field. She's like, sports are a big part of my life. I played volleyball growing up. We're going to be joined by two athletic legends. They're like, Dwayne Wade, Michael Phelps. Mm. It's actually Wells and Franco, the like photographer. Slim Um, pickings when you're in the bubble, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Franco's like, I love the trapeze. He does soccer. And I'm like, yeah, those are sports guys. Get it Mm -hmm. together. Um, They'll be playing Bachelorette Bash Ball Battle which is like rugby meets basketball. Or I would describe it as like, let's create the most dangerous possible game to play without pads or helmets and just play it without pads or helmets. Like they're not even allowed for the to wear shirts. Right. I mean, there's just... Yeah, forget pads. Where yeah, would they I, go? There's I not a piece got... of cloth between yeah. them and the ground. Oh my God. Like, yeah. It looked like some of them got jock straps. That's about it. That's all. Yeah. They had like six that they could give out first... T- First come, first serve. Oh, God. But that's all that you was, get. Yeah. It's, that's just it, making it, me this, think this about the testicular line. injuries that could have occurred. And oh, now I'm upset yeah. Again. I know, but now oh, I'm upset God. that they were clearly like, well, we need to protect your penises, but your <laughs> necks and heads, those can go. Exactly. Well, we need to protect the penises of a few of you. Of a few, right. <laughs> just Good a luck. couple. Not all. <laughs> And the guys, like, warm up with tackling pads. They're doing drills. Again, like, why are you doing tackle sports without pads? Yeah. Katie ends up paired with Hunter, who is super smug that he gets to sort of get tackled by Katie. Um, He's like, as far as I'm concerned, I already won today. Don't worry. This will not diminish his competitive drive to win Mm -mm. the game later. Not at all. So the men all put on their little wrestling singlets and compare their bodies. Aaron's like... (laughs) Yeah, I feel good about how shredded I am. And Michael is like, oh, no, I'm here with my dad bod. I have to say all the guys just sort of look like half naked guys to me. Yeah, like, yeah I was all... like, Michael A., you look, you look, you look fine. fine. Like, you look fine. Right. I was I like, know, Michael I A., I was like, you look good. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about, dad yeah, that's bod. that's a good dad bod. If, <laughs> if that's I... a dad bod, yeah. sign me up. Exactly. Like, what's happening? No, didn't Michael know there A. Were, like, is so cute. visible chest muscles entailed in dad bod, but like, okay. Right. Yeah. Sure, but I... I yeah. was like, it's okay, guys. Relax. I know it's weird to be objectified in this way. I feel you. I feel <laughs> you. But if you were on a beach wearing your swim trunks, you wouldn't be thinking about it. Yeah. Right. Just like go to that mental beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, they basically, so basically the sport involves trying to get the ball into a basket while sort of running up and down the field, tackling each other mm-hmm. at top speed. Greg opens with, like, a powerful dunk. I'm sure it was a pretty low basket, but good job, Greg. Mm-hmm. Katie's like, I'm seeing him in a whole new light that's less like a whimpering puppy and more <laughs> like just an adult human who can mm-hmm. do things. And that's when Mike P is on a breakaway and Hunter just obliterates him go- with a yeah. tackle. Just I was like, zero to a hundred. I was like, are you trying to knock God out of him? Like, what's up? <laughs> this are is you, an like, trying to knock an organ out of him. Right. Like, it was, I, I was like, and when Hunter got up, I was like, did you not rip off all of the skin on your knees when you did that? Because that was, right. that was a lot of information. <laughs> yeah. So this, And it was out of bounds. I mean, there are no rules in this That's game. That's true. There are You're right. absolutely no rules except like, 
beat the shit out of each other and make a basket. So this Mm -hmm. kind of sets the tone. And then they all just start fucking going after each other. And we get just like a super cut of like hit after hit after hit. And it looks horrifying, but of course, I just want to point out that is like this is what football it. used to be like, like a yeah, hundred years ago, and it yeah. almost got banned, and it should have been because so many college athletes were dying every year, like right. dozens of them, and they were like, "I think we can just do that, though." They're like, "What could go wrong?" Fingers crossed. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was so upset watching this. No, it was it was hard I, to see. It was yet another moment of I was like, okay, physical violence for what reason? Like, yeah, I, as soon as it got that intense, I would have been like, I, I, we're still doing this. Like, <laughs> like we we have to stop. Like, yeah. we're all why for what? You've got to wait until reason? someone what almost was the gets reason? his neck broken, and then you can stop. Which is, which what, is happens. what happens. Michael yeah. A. Uh, Justin clobbers him from the back. From a you know, as he's standing there, basically mm-hmm. uh, trying to take a shot, which was a bad idea, but not going to victim blame here. You can mm-hmm. see Michael's neck like snap back and forth as he goes down. He's on the ground for a while, and then the medics are like, "He's fine, like up and at him." Mm-hmm. And poor Justin, no electrolytes, shaken. not a coconut water, <laughs> not a neck Seriously. brace. I'm like, mm-hmm. right, not a noon noon tablet. Yeah, some of that spray they give the soccer players at the World mm-hmm. Cup to make yeah. their knees numb. I mean, come on. Uh, and Katie calls the game at this point. She's like, the last thing I'm trying to do is get anyone hurt, anyone else hurt, I guess. And she says, if you got hurt and left the bubble, you wouldn't be able to come back. So why is this game happening? And then she says, if any of these guys left, I would be devastated. What is the concept of this show? What? Listen, she's emotional. She is. But. She wants you to know that she fe- like she feels empathy for all of you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, she didn't want to play this game in the first place, but hey, right? <laughs> I want you guys knew, to know. And we knew from the beginning that everyone was going to go on the nighttime portion of the date. Like no one was going home. Like I feel like she's been breaking the rules enough, or like creating her own rules, to where it was like we just actually did not need to play this game, and we could have all just like played catch. And then gone on the group date, and that would have been much more fun. Actually. Catch would have been just, fun. Or, or just, keep like, away. Duck, duck, goose, something know. like they could have done more of that stuff that we saw in the post credit scene. Like that was entertaining. That's what but, I was gonna say. Uh, is, but it's yeah. not terrifying, and it's terror <laughs> is an essential part of the human condition mm-hmm. and of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that we had that experience together personally and so is hunter who's like hyped as hell he's like my team won everyone knows even though we're all going to the cocktail party and like i just love the aggression i love hitting people and you know what there might be a big cocktail party but i'm competitive as hell bring it on and on that note we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the night portion of this date This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. 
I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I. And we're back. And Katie, 
just shows up in full on oops I did it again you know <laughs> shiny red leather dress to the after party there is a real um pleather and latex and chains theme happening sartorially in this episode mm-hmm. that I just want to call out mm-hmm. I don't know what Carrie Fetman was trying to say but She's sex positive, but like Mm -hmm. in a dom way. In a kinky way. Or are they just like, she's not taking shit. She will whip these men with a chain. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying (laughs) there's some suggestions there. Uh But she looks great. She She grabs Michael first. Michael uh, basically can't move for the rest of the episode. Just going to call that out. I'm sure he's fine. (laughs) Everything seems great. And she offers him one of those old school like ice packs. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. That won't help. Too much hurts. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, I was very emotional seeing you get hit. And he says, yeah, it's been a crazy week. Yesterday was my wife's birthday. And Katie says, I'm happy you got to celebrate Laura, which isn't exactly what he said. But he's like, yeah, it was a lonely, thoughtful day. Normally I spend it with family. But, you know, you bring comfort to my life. And glad I'm here and he has to kiss her she's like you can kiss me all you want and he's like no but you literally need to come over here because I can't move (laughs) poor Michael would probably be at a hospital if it weren't for the fact that he wouldn't be allowed to come back and that is depressing Mm -hmm. just want to call that out there I hope he's okay I do too I (laughs) wonder what the level of I, I feel in the bubble, there should be an increased level of medical staff on on set. I know that there was like when I when I was filming my thing, I was like, what do you mean? Like if we got hurt or something, I mean, they had everything that they needed to take care of us right there. So I'm like on this bubble at this resort. Do we not have like medical staff or trained personnel that can handle this situation? I would and really if, hope they do and that they're just not showing them to us. And they're just, that's, yeah, I'm hoping that they actually gave him a full checkup after mm-hmm. afterwards, because it, it seems like he was grinning and bearing his way through it. And also what a, t- what an unfortunate time for this date to come up for Michael A. I right. Know. I know. Poor oh, guy. God. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's really his ability to stay positive, as Greg later comments, is mm-hmm. superhuman. Uh, we see a couple other quick moments. We see Connor B with his shirt basically completely unbuttoned. He's so committed. There's just <laughs> so an extra button unbuttoned every single every time. time. Yeah, last mm-hmm. night it was 17. Last week it was 16. Like soon, <laughs> it's just going to be open shirt, open. white yeah. linen suit, walking on the beach, no shoes. I'm calling it. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. creating a little journey down to the, the happy place, you know, right. for us. And Katie is so overcome by his original ukulele love song that she weeps. He is incredulous about this. So am I. But it's true. They make out. Uh, things still seem to be good there. We see a quick moment with Trey being like, let's take dance classes. And then a moment with Courtney being like, I want to be the toilet paper whenever shit goes down. Not oh, not Courtney. the highest quality representation not of Trey and Courtney. Courtney. No, not at all. But it's okay. And Can we be surprised? No. no. Not surprised. No, not surprised Mm-mm. at all. Uh, Mike P is like, I want to go to first base today. So they kiss. <laughs> that was very He's awkward first kiss. <laughs> making this virgin thing work in, in, in his own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
in the group, the men are discussing the game. And James is like, it's a testament to how great Katie is that we were willing to potentially be paralyzed for life. That's what I look for in a partner. I'm like, would he literally snap his neck for me? I look for someone who would not ask me to snap my neck for them personally. (laughs) I'd be like, bye. We just recently said that on an episode. We were like, no, I don't think we want a a partner that does not know their boundaries, does not know (laughs) safety. It's just like, no, I'm going to give it all. Safety seems like a thing you might want in a loving, caring partnership. Mm -hmm. Let me like just like personally wrap myself in twine, go out to the railroad tracks, lay down. And and as as the train is coming, say, see, see how That's, see how dedicated I am to you. That's, you can dump your 14 other girlfriends now. Thank you. Right. <laughs> and Hunter's like, well, despite the injuries, injuries, uh, I had fucking fun. I thought it was fun. He's like, Michael, we can just sacrifice you because I felt great about the date. Like, yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, and Aaron has decided, uh, and at this moment, it seems quite understandable that Hunter is his new enemy. He always and needs one. He's he like, Hunter <laughs> was responsible for this aggressive play. He's abrasive. He's abrupt. And I just can't stand him. Um. It's important for Aaron to keep himself busy, and that's all I can say about that. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he knows how he likes to spend his time. Mm-hmm. And But Hunter's like, I feel confident I'm going to get a rose. I don't see her with anybody else. My relationship with Katie, it's as strong as it could be right now. It's only going to get stronger. Hunter is one of those like classic villain types whose major villain factor is just that they have an extreme obliviousness about how much the bachelorette is into them relative to the other people. Like they're Mm -hmm. just like insanely cocky. And they're like, Mm -hmm. I'm basically the only guy here. And you're like, I mean, she sort of likes you. Like, where did you develop this delusion that you're definitely getting married? Um, He's like, after this date, he's so hyped up. He's just like convinced that they're basically together already. And so they sit down and he's like, Look, I've never introduced my kids to a woman. I don't take it lightly, but I do have some pictures of my kids, Bennett and Madison. And Katie is overwhelmed. She's like, you look so happy. He's like, that's a different guy. That's dad hunter. That's a hunter who will not try to murder someone with a direct blow to the head. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's like, I want you to meet them. And she's like, oh, my God, this is so cute. So cute. I love this. Uh, they, They make out. Guys, I just feel I can't decide if I'm being cynical, but this felt like a little bit emotionally manipulative to me. Like he was Mm. deploying the photographs of the children in a very specific Mm -hmm. way. And I'm sure that that is a thing he would like want to share anyway. And maybe it was just Mm -hmm. the editing that he was like, I love aggression. I'm going to be so aggressive. This is my new strategy. And then he's like, I never introduce my kids, but but you are special enough. Well, yeah, it's because he keeps them. talking in his in the moments about how he's got a strategy and he's right. competitive and he wants to win and he's like sure that he's going to make the so right move to get me the feel rose. Weird so he was like, "Here's Dad Hunter. You'll yeah. love him." Like I just right, <laughs> it, it didn't land for me. Yeah, the 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 contrast between that and what we saw on the date, it was like this. This is not. These are two actually completely different people. So which one is the real one? Because I'm concerned. Because both of them are a little bit. Has a relationship with a woman? Like that's yeah, yeah. Both of them are a little bit concerning for me at the moment. 
And I will say what I I, I think I noticed in the editing, because I had to watch last night's episode twice, um, was the moments where they're showing him as aggressive or, you know, brooding and um, dismissive or anything. I also saw them deploying moments where his his tics, because as he revealed last night, he does have a mild form of Tourette's. Yes. His tics were super present in those moments uh, when he was amped up or like high energy. Um, and they were using a lot of those. And I was like, how much of this is editing kind of using his tics as a means mm-hmm. to show this guy that does not care? It's just like, oh, I'm just like the manliest man and all I have is testosterone to offer you like gruff gruff pow pow Mm. um versus this other guy who's like yeah no i have a strategy and and i'm completely positive that me and this woman are going to end up together here are some pictures of my kids so that i know you're going to give me the rose tonight Um, yeah i think we saw a lot of that what you're talking about with the the playing up of his ticks we saw that a lot a little later in the during the cocktail party sure very present and i i did feel the same that it was like it was because that is a sound that they could have very easily edited out. And instead, it was very, uh, oh, very prominent. prominent. So and, clear that they did that on purpose. Yeah. They they mm-hmm. show whole shots that are just of him like snorting. Um, and it does work to create this like this image of him as like the snorting bull man, mm-hmm. you know, right. sort of yeah. things like it's very animalistic and like full of appetites and like, like rage. Look, I have plenty of things to to criticize about Hunter that have nothing right. to do with nothing to do with those exactly right. the emotional manipulation of bringing <laughs> yeah. pictures of your kids yeah, and exactly. saying yes I want this woman I'm dating on national television to meet them even though I never introduce my kids to anyone yeah. you mm-hmm. you're She's different special. and he's he's like I I earned the rose and I want the other guys to go back to the house with their tails between their legs he's just making such a hard pivot into toxic masculinity this episode yes yes um and you don't have to use all the snorting clips to show that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but amongst the guys, we're seeing a very different brand of masculinity because Michael has decided to open up to some of the other men in the house about being a widow. And he sort of tells this to most of the group that's assembled there. And Greg immediately is like weeping. Greg is like, I had no idea. I can't believe how you carry yourself. You're so positive. And Michael says, well, when you see someone you love fighting for their life and so much is out of your control, you find the positive. Um, Or at least if you're Michael, you do. I think that's definitely like a very distinct personality trait that he he seems Mm -hmm. to have. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone just sort of is weeping openly. Uh, Greg comes over and hugs Michael. We see Andrew Um, M also kind of sidle up. Yeah. to Michael and like put his arm around him which I thought was really sweet Trey starts to cry like it was this very lovely showing of of men bonding with each other specifically through emotion and not f- seeming to feel any embarrassment really mm-hmm. about showing that emotion in a group of other men and that's just it, it's sad but that's not an image that we normally see especially on network television especially you know on on reality tv and i thought it was a really like it was a really sweet and and heartbreaking moment it was an excellent example of 
what like this is what holding space for somebody actually looks like you Mm -hmm. know this is what it means to like respond not just in kind but like in genuine like I would like to support and uplift Mm -hmm. you and also while you're putting things into perspective for me um which I think is what Blake was going for in that one-on-one with with Katie it was just a little harder because the lights were right there and the cameras were right there (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but for the men it was like it probably was one of the most private spaces they felt like they had right the Mm -hmm. cameras aren't all in their faces Mm -hmm. there aren't a million lights and and people with booms just hanging over your every word um it and they were all like sitting back you know in a place Mm -hmm. of relaxation their body language was even like not as tense and it was more open um and i i think that gave michael an opportunity to feel like he could be comfortable enough to share that and be Mm -hmm. completely transparent with the guys and they received it Mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think we often get to see. So that was dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this clearly really shakes Greg up. And I wondered as <laughs> in part, like, you know, Greg, like myself, lost a parent young. And I feel like sometimes if you're kind of a, a negative mindset person like I am, when you meet someone who's gone through unspeakable loss and they are more optimistic, there's sometimes a moment where I'm like, oh, like, I guess I could still be, like, a happy person, even though I've suffered, and, like, oh, God, like, okay, fine. Like, I feel like Greg is having this moment of, like, I guess I could rally, you know? Mm -hmm. And he sits with Katie and is, like, he's, like, I need to step it up. And she's, like, you know, you were off at the beginning of this date, but you got into it. And he's, like, what do you mean? And she says, well, you have resting sad face. You come in looking like a little lost puppy dog. I thought this was so accurate and so funny. I oh, also, yeah. did you guys clock the moment where Greg is like, no, no, I, I don't want to look like a lost puppy. And he like looks over at a producer for a second being like, save me. What? I'm not. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Am, am I, I going to look like a lost that's puppy hilarious. That's like, I, I thought mean, you that's told what me I to feel play like... that up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I feel like. I've been sweet. Like we call him. Greg Evan Hansen because he just has that sad so lost oh high gosh. school like yeah. oh my I'm a little unsure like I'm a little insecure like I'm just I don't know like he's always had that energy for for me um mm-hmm. so to hear Katie call that out as well I'm like okay yeah so it's yeah. not it's not just me that feels like <laughs> he's just this lost boy in high school who broke an arm because and, but is I mean, also somehow story, 27 <laughs> Yes. Uh, just like the actual Evan Hansen. Absolutely, uh, yes. Film version. <laughs> yes, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get into the prosthetics we'll they used Mr. on Platt. Ben Platt and his styling uh, another day. But yes. Um, so Greg is basically like, you know what? It sucks, but like, I'm going to try harder because I'm really crazy about you. And she's like, oh, thank God. Like, I was scared you'd want to leave. And like, that's a big weight lifting. That's maybe? one of my biggest yep. fears oh, that he says he big. would never. I had the same I, thought. I was like, little so he's going to leave. He's he gonna has leave. to. He's going to threaten to leave. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has no choice. And I, I did. <laughs> I wrote that down at the end. There are a couple of people that I'm like, are y'all just about to start deucing out? Because it's not. <laughs> it's looking like a couple of you just want to be like, I'm, yeah, I'm tired. I can't do this. Um, mm-hmm. But Greg, definitely. I was just like. This is foreshadowing. It was, if you need if you need a validation rose night one, you might not have the stomach for this show. And like, mm-hmm. uh, that's not a value judgment on you as a person. But I, I think that may be Greg's situation. Mm-hmm. However, no validation rose this time. It goes to Hunter. I was shocked. 
I think someone tweeted, um, I wish I'd written it down, that Katie gives group date roses for understanding the assignment of the date. And I do actually think that's kind of true. That's hilarious. Like, yes, he did. He went really hard on the field and then he opened up about a new thing to her. Like, Mm -hmm. dang. Mm -hmm. And he's like, everything is falling into place. Uh, So congrats to Hunter. Meanwhile, uh, Andrew S.'s date card has arrived. Let's find our way to love, love Katie. So the day of his date, Andrew S. wakes up at 7.30, too excited to sleep. Good thing he only has to wait until long, long after dark, (laughs) the middle of the night, actually, like maybe 15 hours. Mm -hmm. There's no day date. I was so pissed about this. Yeah. Yeah, It's all super late at night. I I was like... Is this a shorter day or do they just get like a lot of nighttime? Like, right. are they having dinner at 5 a.m.? Like, what's the timeline here? Yeah, this makes yeah. me want to like pay attention to whatever happens in the next episodes because we noticed last episode that there was the, the outfit inconsistency. Oh, yeah. And so I'm wondering that if there was actually something that took place during the day that we didn't get to see and we might see later. There might not be. And maybe just she was just taking a rest. Well, they um, just play but... up so much that he's waiting all day that mm-hmm. if anything happened, I don't think he was... It, it involved him being with Katie. Right? True. Because right. they're like, True. you must be yeah. getting antsy. You've been waiting all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't like when they do this. It makes it feel like sort of a throwaway date often. Mm-hmm. And I thought she really liked Andrew. But then the yeah. day does go really well. Yeah, I think, um, she, I think mm-hmm. she does really like Andrew. I think she does But yeah, well. I felt mm-hmm. bad that he had to like wait until, you know, midnight to start his date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. means he does get like Katie in full cat suit. Silver chain like, belts. Yeah. yeah. Stompy boots. Once again, Carrie just going hard to let us know. Exactly. I told she you. She is sex theme. positive. She's kinky. Mm-hmm. She might have a fetish. I don't know. It's Who a night date in the woods. What do we need? Six inch heeled boots <laughs> mm-hmm. and chain. tight leather pants and a chain. No, that's why I could not be on the show. I'd be like, you are not about to have me out here in that. Like, it's Absolutely not going to happen. Not. Like, where what are my Frank Lloyd Wright say about the appropriateness of my outfit to the terrain right now? Like, it doesn't fit. It doesn't, doesn't fit. fit. And then um, she's taking this black man into the woods, and I'm yeah. nervous. That's yeah, the thing, too. I little. feel like the same thing happened last season with Easy, where it's just like, here I am yeah. leading you, a black man, into a scary situation late at night. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no. maybe you could have picked someone else for it. For this date, this particular mm-hmm. date. Mm-hmm. Would have been great. Um, but they find a power cord. They connect it. A bunch of fairy lights illuminate this grove. Um, there are envelopes dangling overhead. And basically they have to lift each other up. Or he lifts her up, I'm sure. To grab the envelopes. And they have like ice I was hoping inside. they would that she would try to lift <laughs> I was her really six really yeah. She's like, I, oh, yeah. like yeah. that would have been a wet. cute moment that I was really looking forward to and they denied me of it and I was upset. Rude. There, there are there are a lot of cute moments though. They like show each other their dance moves. They're terrible. Um mm-hmm. he tries to imitate a wolf and that's also terrible. Not, they're not gonna be able to entertain each other in these classic ways. Um, hopefully there's still something for them to bond over. 
They both um, love Sundays. So mm, I don't do. know, guys. It's pretty they unique do. quality. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's specific. I mean, shoot, I'm good for a Sunday brunch, but like for them both to be so passionate about Sunday, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, okay, um, listen, I like love a good. I love a good Sunday scaries. Sunday is my favorite day. Yeah, what about Saturday? What's wrong with I guess everyone's out too busy like doing activities on Saturday. Not me. I'm lazy Claire all weekend, or I was Mm. in my previous life as a childless person. (laughs) Um, And then she's like, would you rather tell the truth and hurt your partner or lie and not hurt them? And he says, tell the truth. And she's like, does this outfit make me look fat? He's like, no. (gasps) I was confused. I was like, Katie, for somebody who's like, oh, like no body shaming and sex positivity. Like, like I'm I'm the that? most third eye woke feminist yeah. that there ever has ever been. I was like, OK, is are we, are we slipping? Are we slipping? Are we slipping? Funny, like not funny. It's such a layered in its weirdness joke to make because it's yeah. like the assumptions there are like. That's always a lie because every outfit makes every woman look fat. So whenever you ask, your husband or partner is lying. And also, that's really bad. So you have to be protected from that knowledge. Mm -hmm. And he can never admit it to you because it's so terrible. And I'm like, both of those things are just wrong and not messages we should really be spreading. But Mm -hmm. that... It's just like such, it's so worked into our culture as like shorthand for a lie that a man tells his partner when yeah. I'm depressed mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they do some more conversation starters. They talk about things they learned from their parents' relationships. And uh, they both have divorced parents. So they're like, here's what I learned not to do. And he's like, I learned not to leave my partner hanging and miss out on life with, you know, your partner and your kids. Uh, foreboding and she says I learned not to settle Um, and that will come up again at at dinner this conversation but it seems like they're having a lot of fun like they're in a dark room Mm -hmm. at some point full of like huge lit up rubber balls and balloons Mm -hmm. they're kissing they're like playing around together she's like we have have physical chemistry a nice goofy vibe between them like it's very sweet but it doesn't feel like purely goofy. Like I do feel like there's like a steaminess to it. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a heat there too. But it's like mm-hmm. a very I don't know. It's just yeah. It's a nice Playful. chemistry, and it it it's does nice feel balance. different from the chemistry yeah. we've seen her have with like Blake or Greg. Yeah, true, definitely. And it's, I think there's like a certain amount of youth to to their mm-hmm. energy together, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like you know if we keep each other young, um, <laughs> kind yes. of. No, like, I think that's exactly it. Yeah, just like, oh, can can you keep up with me kind of energy where it's, there's a constant, like, subtle bounce that is kind of mm-hmm. percolating underneath, which gives them, you know, the roller coaster to kind of just ride out. And, like, on the dips, they're still super connected. And on the, like, highs where it's, like, the anticipation before we fall, it's like, oh, my God, like, we're here. Yo, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's just, like, nonstop. They're always having some form of good time and... They head into a cozy dinner slash breakfast, and it's time for things to hit a serious note in their ride. And Katie asks him, you know, what makes you who you are? And this is when Andrew opens up more about what he said earlier. Um, He says, 
you know, when I was six years old, my dad was locked up. I fell in love with football. It was my escape. But, you know, that also put me around people who had complete families. And I would see fathers come congratulate their sons. And there was no one in the stands for me. And so he says, like, hearing about her relationship with her father, which was close, at least at some point, um, made him very emotional. And he's like, now I'm sure I would never miss a moment with my kids. Um, And Katie's like, yeah, my dad wasn't always there at sports either. Um, What did we think about this conversation? I had... um... Well, one, I was very intrigued by the notion of them presenting another absent father narrative. Um, and this mm-hmm. time it didn't seem as if it was as manipulated mm-hmm. um, where Andrew S. It actually, did seem like it was on more on Andrew S.'s terms. Yeah, he mm-hmm. got to share this on his terms. Mm-hmm. It didn't really feel like it was producer curated. Like maybe they were like, mm-hmm. maybe you can talk about your your family life and, and your your house it, it just didn't feel as if they were abusing the the notion of broken home um here and I was curious if I was like is this because it's a black man talking to a white woman who is mm-hmm. the lead who also has grown up in a broken home or is it because it really is in Andrew's court for him to share this story and it mm-hmm. um, made me think about um this, you know, when Andrew S. said, how could a father not want to be there for his child? How could a parent not want to be there for every moment? Mm-hmm. Um, it made me think of the this notion that I think I've kind of just been lackadaisical in thinking about how so often our parents don't intend on um, coloring our lo- life with trauma or um, not taking care of us well or being actively dismissive. Some parents are, cannot lie, um, mm-hmm. that some folks are just not great parents, awful. And it does not excuse um, it being, in, like, whether it's intentional or not, it doesn't excuse the trauma that that child had to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but presenting this notion that, like, so often we're raised as a byproduct of our circumstances and then we are so desperate to get out of that and prove ourselves as worthy so that we do the exact opposite of what we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like that conversation was kind of being sussed out here. It just, there was no way to really get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was intrigued. It didn't feel as manipulative as it usually does. And it kind of made me start thinking about different layers of pl- parenthood um, and mm-hmm. parenthood in all communities, be it, various black communities, white communities, um, impoverished communities regard like regard disregarding ethnicity. Um, there were certain layers and levels of privilege that I hadn't think uh, thought of as someone who grew up in a two parent household. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it is framed with less heavy emphasis. Like in Matt James's season, there was so much emphasis on like individual moral failure and, mm-hmm. Um, moral turpitude almost and here the framing is is sort of around sports and around the thing that Mm -hmm. he made his life into and it's also he mentions that really what happened at least initially is that his father went to prison Mm -hmm. and that is a huge driver of of families being broken up Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in the black community and and underprivileged communities and um I mean, we don't know uh, any more about Andrew mm-hmm. S.'s family than what he says here, but um, it, I thought that was interesting. It seemed like he 
um, like we could tell on, on Matt James season, like the way that he felt about his dad, like he held a lot of resentment toward his dad. And I don't think that we, we don't see if he did, he didn't show it. We don't see that from Andrew S. And I think that that also brings a good point because because his dad get, did go to prison when he was six years old. And how many we know the prison system fails black and brown bodies in the United States. Um, and so I think that because of that, we see that like his his dad was in prison and he couldn't he probably was upset with his dad for maybe a little reason. But he also knew the circumstances and like I this is just the cards that we were dealt and. I I have I can't be upset and hold all this resentment toward my father because it's really the systems that failed him and the systems that broke my family apart. And I did what I could do to make myself whole again. And that was football. And so it's yeah. kind of like he just he doesn't like really um, place the blame on his dad, which I think is really important and beautiful for people to see yeah. um, that he's, he seems like he still holds respect for his dad and he's just like this is just the family that I had and I tried to do the best that I could with what I had um yeah so I thought that that was really I mean not a beautiful story but it was just it, it felt um more it felt more nuanced. less abrasive than, yeah. than it did when we were hearing about Matt and the conversation between Matt and his father there was um, more like three-dimensional humanity in this conversation uh-huh. than I think we ever got with Matt James and there was Mm -hmm. as you said Claire a lot of focus on you know Matt's dad failed him and thus Matt Mm -hmm. is broken and so it all needs to go back to like that one failure his father made and it didn't feel that connection wasn't made in that explicit way here which I was glad to see um yeah I thought it was it was interesting to to see Andrew be able to like at least be given the space to get into this um, Mm -hmm. a little bit more deeply than we might've seen in, in past seasons. Um, And there's actually more, there's more more heavy conversations Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. touching on race in this, in this dinner. He then says, you know, I don't really want to talk about this, but I feel like I have to because of my past experience, but I'm a black man. You're a white woman. Um, one of my exes was worried about having mixed children. He says, I know her heart. She's not racist, but she was worried about going to the grocery store and having someone ask, are those your kids and having them not look like her. And this was a woman he was going to propose to. Um, And it's sort of, he, he frames it this way. It sounds like maybe that was a major reason that that didn't happen. Um, But he's clearly trying not to like, place blame on this woman but like this was really hard to listen to yeah Uh, I can't imagine how painful it would have been for him to hear I I was just interested that it was like it went straight to the kids because I'm like what about the relationship before kids like people have a lot to say about that in itself so I I just was so because I feel like if if that was a thought in your mind, then the thoughts before kids would have had to be there as well. And so I I don't know. I'm just like, then what are what are the other what do you feel about when people see us together? You know, when people see you, a white woman with a black man like that also must make you feel some type of way if you feel like the kids are going to like, I don't know. It, it just seemed like that was a big jump to kids as opposed to like our interracial relationship, what does that mean to you? And 
how do you feel about people seeing us in the grocery store, you know, holding hands or kissing like that? I don't know. I feel like it was kind of a, a cop out in a way to go straight to the kids and blame it on the kids, the the hypothetical kids. There's it's being blamed not on like people are going to be hostile to us, but mm-hmm. on like people just won't know. Like I want it's like people can look at us and be like, oh, I don't approve of that. That's one thing. But for the woman next to me to like not know from looking that I'm the mom of my kids, that's not even racial hostility per se in like an overt way. It's just mm-hmm. like I want to be visually identified as the parent of my children which Mm -hmm. is like it's something that that often happens to mothers of color who are like maybe assumed to be the nannies of their children Mm -hmm. and like so for like the assumption of a of a white woman to be like I'm never going to have to deal with that I'm never going to have anyone question whether I'm the mother of my children that's Mm -hmm. a huge form of privilege Mm -hmm. and it seems like one that like, I mean, some women don't want to have no appetite to ever confront that or unpack that. They're just like, I can opt into a world in which I continue to have that privilege forever. And I think what the, with like this conversation in, in mind, it made me think of what I think Andrew was trying to suss out in this conversation beyond children is the burden of blackness in an interracial relationship. Um, and like, the idea that having black children is a burden, right? Mm-hmm. It, because mm-hmm. factually speaking, blackness is treated as a weapon here in the United States, um, here in our society. And um, there is extra work that a white woman would have to do to have black mm-hmm. children. There is extra work that a white woman has to do to date a black man in America. Um, and I wonder if Andrew S. was like, you know, are you willing to see that that's that's a thing that you'd have to do acknowledge the fact that um my blackness is treated differently than your whiteness is treated as capital here um that people might have something to say about us being together of us you know creating because it's not about mixed children it's not it's about children who look black Mm -hmm. it's about people who look black it's about Mm -hmm. andrew who is black um and and what the conversation is around that safety. Um, and so I, I don't know. I was. It was more Katie's response that I was just like, I feel like the conversation that should be being had is not actually able to be had um, because we're not saying we're not saying the thing. We're not it saying felt it. like she sort of bypassed the the meat of that conversation right. and sort of. I think she she is trying to to reassure him but in doing that she ends up sort of saying like one step away from I don't see color uh precisely I was just like ooh Katie you're you're losing us here because this is an opportunity to as you said my like acknowledge that labor that she would need to do and acknowledge that the burden of bridging any gaps that might arise would be on her like that would be her work to do Mm -hmm. um and not it would not be andrew's responsibility or their children's responsibility to bridge those gaps or to do that education and i think that was like an opportunity lost in this conversation yeah because i think the the response was 
uh, to have a Karen's corner, right? The, the response was to respond with white tears to be like, I can't imagine anyone who would think that way when it's like, it's been made abundantly clear in the last year that a mm-hmm. lot of people lot think of people. this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's people been who made... don't see themselves as racist and who yeah. are still like, yeah. Sorry. No, 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 absolutely. Because I, you know, and she was like, well, maybe I was lucky because of like, it wasn't present in the community I was growing up in. And Mm -hmm. it was like, no, Katie, it probably was present in the community that you grew up in. You have the privilege of being removed from it. Mm -hmm. You have the privilege of not having to see it. You have the privilege of not having to acknowledge it just as it happened in the um, women tell all when Katie bypassed all of the race baiting villainizing they did of the women of color on that show and mm-hmm. instead tried to generalize it. I was like, this is where I think the notion of because, yeah, you're, you're losing us here. This The notion of white feminism, which is feminism that lacks intersectionality, mm-hmm. um, kind of like purports itself as the thing that you're holding true to as like your your bargaining chip with this audience. Um, and I, yeah, it just, it kind of, I was sad to see the response kind of move in that direction. Mm-hmm. I was like, we're really towing a thin line here. Cause if, if you say something about rose colored glasses and everybody deserves to be treated equally, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> yeah. She basically says like initially, like our love could be so beautiful. Our children will be just as beautiful. I don't give a fuck if people want to look at me, which is of course mm-hmm. just like, Yeah basically just responding and being like, well, I wouldn't care. Um, but that's, yeah, not, it's not, enough. not engaging with the work. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, as long as we can keep our children safe. And she says the closest she gets to really addressing any of that work is by saying, well, I'm going to be a mama bear. Just saying like, well, I'll protect my kids. Um, there are no like specifics about how that would play out if she had black children. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, just keeps going back to like, oh, well, I'm naive all I want is love. Um, but Andrew, uh, who, you know, has managed to maintain positive thoughts about, you know, his ex, um, seems to think, you know, this is good enough in this moment. He's he's happy with their connection. And he's like, I've never connected with a woman this much. And on that note, they go have champagne in the hot tub. She gives him the rose. They make out. And they're both just like, maybe we'll fall in love and end up together. This is so good. I also want to call out no accent on this date. Hallelujah. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Wow. It'd be off. It'd be wrong. I know. Yeah, it's not good. It was too much. It needed to end. And Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, Andrew, for this service. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) I do feel that I'm probably moving on like pre like one of my like first boyfriends loved using an English accent and I never noticed how bad it was until after we weren't <laughs> together anymore and I was just like oh no like this I feel like it's happening all over You're like, again. This is triggering enough of that and on that note we're going to take a quick break we will process all of this uh, before we come back. <laughs> And we're back for the rose ceremony. Thank God, another rose ceremony this week. Mm -hmm. The stars are aligning. And it's really tense this week. There's been no drama, but it's like this tension. You would need like a really sharp 
blade to cut this tension. It's like practically solid. Blake has got a rose. It's conspicuous. Hunter has a rose. No one's happy about this situation. And Katie comes in in a uh, red one sleeve gown with a high slit. And she's like, let's do this. I've had the best week. And uh, she gets some time with a few of the guys. Justin brought a game for them to play, which is basically Mm -hmm. just a series of opinions that they can either say, I accept to or nah, but thanks for your feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, This isn't a game. It's It's more like a a bonding exercise. A very poorly formatted bonding exercise. They get confused after the rules after about two cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but a little nice screen time for Justin, other than him trying to accidentally break Michael's neck. Mm-hmm. Hunter uh, then decides, you know what? I have a rose, but Katie and I need to fall in love. So I'm going to set up a telescope champagne and strawberries for her. Just a very classic combination. Everyone mm-hmm. knows. <laughs> mm-hmm. This telescope well that I packed in my suitcase, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, or shipped here. I don't know how he got. I barely got my. <laughs> my ring light to Chicago. I was just like, how did he get that there? Yeah. Oh, it's because production has their little closet of props for dates. And they're like, anyone mm-hmm. here into a telescope? Hunter? <laughs> yes. Great. Perfect. Week Fabulous. six. Week five. Um, and this like infuriates James and Aaron. Aaron's just always infuriated. Um, but James is specifically this time. He mm-hmm. He's like, I don't have a rose. I need this time. I'm going to go steal her. So he approaches right as Hunter is saying to Katie that he's falling for her. And he asked to steal her for a few minutes. And Hunter's like, no, man, I need I need a couple more minutes. I just sat down. And so James lurks nearby, as, as they always do, uh, as Hunter tries to finish his romantic speech. And Katie's like, well, I hope that Rose helps. Anyway, on to James. Um, and... James is looking super terrifying tonight. He's in like a black turtleneck and suit. Well, like, chain. What is this look? What I love the outfit. He's hair. giving me, he's oh giving us very much good fellas. Like I his said, name is I Robert De Niro. Yeah. I was like, this is, he's like a mobster from a different era. That is, mm-hmm. what I, I think it's my, my Catholic notes. background, but I'm definitely getting like, priest on his off hours going to a sex party kind of vibes like he's like i'm a priest but i'm still fun you know like he's got he's trying to like comb his hair back into his scalp oh the chain the only hot priest i will accept is the one from fleabag so well i don't think he's hot so yeah that's the difference he's not for me exactly um and he's like i have feelings for you and she's like great and they make out right uh Meanwhile, uh, everyone is just hanging out, bitching about Hunter. Um, They're all like, some good guys didn't get roses because of Thomas, because I guess there wouldn't have been a rose ceremony if it weren't for Thomas, and they all would still be there, Mm -hmm. and that's going to happen again this week. And uh, then Hunter comes up, and... James is like, how was your time with Katie? And Hunter's like, well, you were with us for most of it. And they're off. They're having a fight about Jane, about Hunter taking time when he already has a rose. And Trey and- is here to like lay down the <laughs> rules. He's like, when I had a rose, I stepped mm-hmm. aside. And now you are legally obligated <laughs> to do the same. And I'm like, oh, poor sweet Trey. Oh, that's there not how it no works. There are no rules. That's not how there it works, no buddy. There are no rules, Trey. Like, no, like, 
great. Good job for you for waiting until the end of the night last week to go get your time. But like nobody told you to do that. You could have. Right. That's what you learned. Bearing the cost here. You're like, then other people will return the favor. And like, no, they absolutely will not. No, they will not. Now, I will um, say, per the edit, like, they did show Hunter in this really considerate light where it's like, you have to think about the other guys in the house, too, as well as Katie. Like, they gave that to us hardcore when we were campaigning to bring Thomas down. And then they showed us the exact opposite this week. Oh, and I was yeah. like, dang, they done played Hunter. Now he's falling for it. He's mm-hmm. falling for the tricks. Now you're our villain. Like yeah, you they, they always need one, at least this at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. And it's like since Tom Katie just out, keeps just kicking them out. Hunter is next up. So Yeah. Yeah. Hunter Hunter's like last week I had to worry about the other guys. This week, I don't know what bro code is. I don't give a shit. I'm here for Katie. I, they can do whatever they want. I'm going to be on my one-on-one with her falling more for And her. now I'm thinking about hometowns. I was like, yeah, whoa. And he's like, okay, aggressive fine. is my strategy. My strategy like, is to be aggressive. Down, I'm Hunter, like, whoa. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Take it down whoa. a notch. Uh, and so the rose ceremony comes up. Trey hasn't gotten time. No matter. We must charge ahead. And the roses go to Greg, Aaron, Michael A., Connor, James, Justin, Mike P., Brendan, and Trey, which means going home will be Andrew M., Courtney, and Josh. And as they say goodbye, Katie tells Courtney, I'm so proud of you. And then some guys clap. We don't know Trey what that's does, about, like, a do whole, we? like, I heart you, man. Like, he holds right. up his hands. Like, the last time like, that we, like, saw Courtney with Katie, he was wrapping himself in toilet paper. Like, what happened? Like, we exactly. missed something here. We, we very really, much missed something. There, really this is did. another testament to them using people of color to forward the show. Like, mm. it's like, if they're here, you don't need to know what they're talking about. Or Just like they did with mm-hmm. David, where it was like, you know... Katie randomly was like, I'm so proud of you sharing, you know, how you're feeling about being in this environment. And I know that this has been really hard for you. And I'm so glad that you're opening up and and I really feel connected with you here. And then he got sent home that night. It's just like, we didn't see that conversation even we like we didn't. We didn't see that no. conversation yeah. because as far as we know, it didn't happen because David was like, I didn't get any time with her tonight. And I was like, well, girl, yeah, what is God. she talking about? <laughs> um, she but, got him mixed up with someone. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. Courtney and Josh are all mm-hmm. examples of them. Like y- you're around and you're cool enough to be around and you're mm-hmm. actually a dope human and fun to hang. But you're not starting any drama. You're not inciting mm-hmm. any of the fights. Therefore, mm-hmm. you're not useful to us here. Yeah. yeah. And Bachelor Data, you know, posted uh, a couple days ago the breakdown of screen time uh, by the dudes uh, mm-hmm. in the last episode, I think. And up at the top, you know, the top 10 or so, it's like five white guys, five non-white guys getting like sort of similar amounts of time. But Mm -hmm. the men of color are all like villains are involved in drama. Mm -hmm. And the white men are all people that she's having like big emotional connections with. So it's like, no, we upped their representation. It's like even Andrew S, the guy she actually likes, was only really on screen that much because he was like feuding with the guys about Thomas. And Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like the, and the changes. same thing happened on Matt James this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, great. Oh, so many black women got screen time. But what kind? Right. Yeah. What they're kind? being painted as bullies. Yeah, And this goes back to what we always kind of talk about, which is like there's a difference between 
diversity and inclusion. Like you can mm-hmm. put people on on screen, but like you also have to think about how we are actually um, doing that and what yeah. the representation is actually saying about these people. Mm-hmm. Or even like know. a step further, like there's diversity and there's inclusion, but is there equity? Mm-hmm. You know, like they're yeah. not right because they're being included as villains. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Right>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it reminds us again of the difference between performative activism or performative change and representative change. Mm -hmm. We want representative change where we see the fullness of these human beings, their stories. Mm -hmm. We get to connect with them. You know, I want to know, like, what what did Courtney overcome? Like, I'm interested. I I honestly was confusing, but it did also kind of make me tear up. I was like, they love Courtney. I was like, (laughs) they love him. All the dudes love him. I'm like... I want to love him more. Yeah, why yes. show out him? Yeah. And precious yeah. Josh, like I am obsessed with him. I've Josh never heard him so speak, Josh but so I am obsessed with him. And we better Andrew see him M on Paradise. Also, very cute. Yeah. Like all three of the guys who went home, I was like, give me more. Yeah, I, like, I need to see them. Yeah. We need to see more of them. But instead, we're going to get more Hunter. He's not going to back down. No one will steal his joy. He's too close to marrying Katie. They're not going to take away the cloud that he's on with her and leave them tumbling to a bloody death on earth. He is feeling so confident. And he even like at the end, as they gather for a toast, Aaron stumbles briefly and Hunter's like, I got this toast, man. I'm coming in with <laughs> my, my jaw toast. dropped. <laughs> I was like, of all the people to interrupt, not a Aaron's going to Aaron's gonna like, get you he... cut from this show, man. Be careful. Yes, He's got a proven he track will. record. He um, and then we get the teaser, which was edited just like a full-on horror film. I was like, is this meant to be like a, you know, an arty representation of what it's like to date as a straight woman in this world? Like, it's very harrowing to be Mm -hmm. attracted to men and try to date them. And we that really came across in this One moment you're laughing in slow-mo with them as they hold you in their arms. And the next second, he's shouting, who cares about the rose or who's getting sent home this week? It's not real. It's not real. We're living in an actual simulation. Right. (laughs) I'm going to vomit and then the sound of actual throwing up. It was the first clip of the making out in front of the burning clown that I said, what the hell is this? I was like, you will not find me. No. Absolutely like, not. Oh, I just I feel like if there is, is an energy, I will be exiting. Yes. <laughs> and it's all like edited so that you never see them speaking on screen. It's all no. voiceover. It's all ADR. And I'm just like, so now right. I can't trust none of it. But I see these <laughs> clips of like, um, like it's, it's something's going down. This looks bad. Is this good? Is this someone mm-hmm. got, being sent home? Like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to like piece together scenery clues, you know, like you hear Katie whispering. I love you to someone. You're like, who is she saying it to? Um, so it's chaos. It's chaos. It's so we stressful. Are just gonna have to wait to find yep. out the answer to all of these questions. Mm-hmm. Vic and Mai, thank you so much for joining us and doing double recap duty this week. We so appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for ha- having us. Yeah. Uh, and where can our audience find you? You can find us on Instagram at the Black Chillerettes, and that's B-L-C-K-C-H-E-L-O-R-E-T-T-E-S. I hope I spelled that correctly. I think I did, actually. I thought that was a little stressful, but uh, (laughs) I think I did it. So you can find us there. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the 
Black Chillerettes. <laughs> and uh, if you want to follow us on our personal Instagrams, I am at double underscore Victoria Price. And my is, is going- at Carcang DM. It's spelled like you think it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. This was super, super fun. And uh, it's been it's been a real, real pleasure. And now it's time for love to see it, hate to see it. Let's start with love to see it. First, we just really loved the men being really emotionally open and supportive of each other in light of Michael sharing his story of loss. We love some man tears. There were a lot of like high quality ones during this episode. Yeah. And uh, on a similar note, I really loved to see all of the cuddling and friendships developing in the house, uh, not being afraid to cradle your bro's head and stroke his ear. It's beautiful. I want more of that on every season. And I appreciate that it wasn't at least explicitly framed as like, and actually they're gay. Uh, Like, I think we remember that from some past seasons of this show. Just like embrace male intimacy. It's great. We also loved to see Katie finally being allowed to wear sneakers. Let this woman live. Let her walk through the <laughs> woods, not in a pair of high heels. Like, she just seemed comfortable. Uh, and, yeah, let let her wear flat shoes more often. I completely agree. Uh, and let's go to hate to see it. Um, I'm going to start with I hated to see the bash ball competition yet another uh, in the Bachelorette classic of just like glorifying male violent sports combat Hated in the to name see it. of anything. Uh, love specifically in this case, but like our our society is just plagued by uh, violent displays of, of macho uh, sport that leaves its athletes uh, horribly maimed and injured. And I hate to see it big time. I also hate to see Hunter having his aggro behavior unintentionally rewarded with a rose and just like Hunter generally making a really hard turn into full on toxic masculinity. Really hate to see it just so much. Uh, Last thing I hated to see, Aaron yet again is feeling a compulsion to pick an enemy He tends to either pick wisely or at least pick the same people as the producers. But nevertheless, I would just love to see him leave things alone for like one week. That's all I ask, Aaron. Think about it. And let's give our sex positivity rating for this episode as a whole. I think we're going to give this one an 8.5. It was pretty damn sex positive. Yeah, I mean... The chat with Blake uh, about sex positivity, the enthusiastic date makeouts, like a lot of steaminess on her dates this week. She told Justin she definitely couldn't give up sex for a year. Plus, I'm going to say the kinky style, the you know, kinky like style. it's just the whole episode just felt very sex forward in a non showy way. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our guests, the Black Chillerettes. Don't forget to check out their podcast, of course. And Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Sarah Patterson. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. 
If you like our show, please rate five stars and leave us a review. And more importantly, tell all of your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends that we still exist. Help us get the word out (laughs) about our new and improved show. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com, especially if you have questions you'd like us to answer on the pod. Just record yourself on your phone's voice memo app and send us the recording, and we might feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and on Instagram at Claire and Emma pod. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week for week six of Katie's Journey. Stitcher.